To me, it's about values, right? It's so much about this, who am I? What do I stand for as an individual? And what won't I compromise? And it's the same as a company. Hey guys, it's your girl, Ashley Graham, and you are listening to Business Life and Coffee Podcast with your boy, Joey Price. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Business Life and Coffee Podcast, where every episode is about making you a better leader in business and in life. We're joined by Rocky Romanella, who is the founder and CEO of 360 Management Services. And if Rocky's name sounds familiar, it's probably because he's been on our show before. Rocky was on episode 79, where he talked about his principles of balanced leadership. And since it's been a year since he's been on the show and published his book, I thought we'd catch up as old friends and see how things are going. So, hey, Rocky, thanks for joining the show. Well, Joey, it's great to catch up with you again, and uh, I look forward to speaking. Man, how have things been going with your book? Things have been going great with the book. We've had some uh, book signings in San Diego, a uh, couple in Atlanta. And the ones I really enjoy are the ones I have in like local settings. We have a bicycle shop here in the town I live in, so we had a nice book signing there at the bicycle shop, and it was a way not only to you know meet some of my neighbors that I haven't met before, but also uh, help him with his uh, with the bicycle shop, and uh, we kind of drove a little bit of traffic. So that was a fun thing to do. So I was also it was being helpful. Uh, I thought it was fun. So I've enjoyed that. The keynote speaking is going well, and the leadership training. So really been a fun been a fun year. Nice, man. And I know uh, good leaders have, have good hobbies. Are you a biker yourself or are you guys just friends? Both. So uh, I had ACL surgery and so the doctor wouldn't let me run as much. So I started to bike. And so I, I met uh, Bruno uh, through the biking and uh, has a great shop, uh, uh, very, very thoughtful, very considerate individual. So he's been fun helping me through this new process of learning how to bike. And so I don't do a lot. I do 25 miles, maybe couple times a week I try to at least but uh, it's, it's been the alternative to going out for a good run so wait you said you do 25 miles up to three times a week or 25 miles total a week no I try to go out uh, I try to do 25 uh, in a week you know 12 10 one time and I'm still kind of progressing my way through that whole process I, I I made the mistake and you can typical person here that you know is an a type right i went out and did bike new york so here i am i'm doing 25 30 miles a week maybe a few times you know 10 or 12 each time out and then i do bike new york 36 miles or whatever it was so <laughs> <laughs> of course the next day joe you know that's like you can't move you're hobbling around it's like oh, if i had to do this again i might have thought about it right only doing 25 miles but the reality is that's a lot <laughs> well i'm trying i'm trying to get get back into shape here so um I, you know, the problem is, you know, you, you have the knee surgery, the ACL surgery, and you're like, okay, I want to try to get back to who I was before this surgery and what things I was doing. But the reality is, is, you know, the pounding on the running. So I had to find a different way to kind of get my head into things and think through things. And, and so, but the problem you got, Joey, is when you're running, you got to be careful the same way when you're biking, you pay attention to what's going on around you. Yeah. And that is absolutely true, man. I mean, I do neither at this point in time. I mostly lift weights in a gym, which is safe other than the random person who's on their headphones or on their phone talking and then they bump into you. 
Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's like you and I talked, you know, we talked last year about this concept uh, I wrote in the book, Balanced Leadership. Well, the same is true in life, right? There has to be some balance. It just yep. can't always be work or it just can't always be, you know, fun or play. I mean, you, you've got to be able to understand I have responsibilities, both here in the professional setting. I got my family that, you know, that, that you want to make sure that they, they get your time appropriately and, and you're doing the right things. And so I think that I think that balance is so important in everything you do, both your personal and professional life. So I, I said to Debbie, we're, not, we're talking, look, I can't let this, I can't run as much. And I used to run five, six days a week, do three or four miles each time. And it was just a good place for me to get my thoughts and think through different things, especially if I was doing a keynote speech. I like, I run it through my mind two or three times before this, before the talk. And so the, I had to find different ways to do that. So yeah, yeah. Well, hey, let's, for the benefit of listeners that did not tune into episode 79, where we had you on talking about uh, your book, Tighten the Lug Nuts, The Principles of Balanced Leadership, let's give a refresher of the book and of the concept of balanced leadership. Well, I'll give you a, a, a quick kind of a synopsis there. So the book, uh, written in a third person, a gentleman by the name of Joe Scafone, I always, uh, whenever, I was at, whenever I was at meetings or had conversations, people would bring forth a good idea or an idea they thought was a good idea. I never liked the feeling of saying, hey, Joey, good idea, but, or what if you looked at it this way? So years ago, I created this character, Joe Scafone. And so when Joey would bring me an idea, I'd say, that's a good idea, Joey, but what do you think Joe Scafone would think? And, you know, you and I would laugh, but it would be a way for me to challenge you to maybe not stop at the first right answer to move past it in a way though that wasn't you know making you feel like I didn't think it was a good answer or maybe putting up a barrier and so the book's written in this third person and it really is sort of you know kind of my 40-year career in a way that's in a storytelling way and some lessons and some thoughts and some maybe different ways of looking at things so there's a story in every chapter and a, and it should bring us hopefully brings a smile to your face and I always get comments from people read the book oh it's, this was my favorite story or that was my favorite story so the book is it it was meant to be an opportunity for people to maybe have a few aha moments along the way. Oh, that's a good way of looking at it. Or maybe I should look at it differently. And you know, uh, in the HR world, that people are the greatest asset of an organization, but you have to be open to different people's personalities, different styles. And so the ability to be open, the ability to listen, the ability to engage with your people is so important. And I hope the book allows people to kind of take a step back and maybe think through how they deal with their customers, their people, and how they try to grow and, and run their businesses. And so that's sort of the, the book. And this concept of balanced leadership is we spoke about before. Balance to me is so important. And I, I think the mistake that people make too often in business and in life is they focus in on one thing. So for example, when you go to the gym, you know, you just can't focus on, on your arms or you just can't focus on your abs. You know, it's that holistic view of, okay, today I'm going to do abs, tomorrow I'm going to do my arms, and I'm going to do some cardio. And it's that concept of the completeness of your body. That's the wellness, right? That you're working yep. all the different parts. Well, to me, business is the same way, right? I think it's just not about the bottom line. I think it's about, you know, as I'm making a decision or I'm looking at a potential opportunity for my organization, regardless of whether it's a large organization or an entrepreneur with one or two people working for you, do I think like a customer? Do I take the, do, is the customer represented in this decision we want to make? Are our people represented? What role are they, they going to play? What training do they potentially need? How is it going to impact them? And then finally, if I own this business 100%, now in the case of an owner, they do, but in a large organization, you know, you look at the individual bringing forth this idea and you say to them, well, if you own this business 100%, if this was your candy store, would you make that decision? And it's amazing how many times people will tell me, Joey, well, no, well, if this was a was I was writing the check, I'm not sure I do this. Okay, well, then how do you expect me to write that check? And so- mm -hmm. 
So the concept is always think like a customer, make sure your people feel like valued individuals and act like an owner in all your decisions. And that's that balance. That's that balanced leadership approach. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the uh, when you turn the tables and say, you know, if this was your store, would you make that call? Because that really cuts through the noise of, oh, I want to give my boss the answer that I think he or she wants to hear. And that can really destroy an organization if you just keep giving answers to appease people because they're really looking for your true intent. They're really looking for what what you would really want to do. I think that's a great way of, of summarizing it because if you think it's, it's almost the old, you know, emperor with no clothes kind of concept. Everybody's telling you what you want to hear, but that's really taking you down a very bad path, a very dangerous path. So when you look at someone and you look at them and say, look, it sounds good so far. Final question. If this was your candy store, if this was your store, if you were writing a check out of your personal checking account, would you do it? It's amazing the pause. And more times than I thought would happen, people say, well, no, if it was me doing it, I'm not sure I would write a personal check for this. Mm-hmm. Well, so you're talking to uh, on the podcast here a bunch of either entrepreneurs or young professionals that are looking to grow as leaders in their jobs. As someone who has led the UPS store and revolutionized the retail shipping industry, what advice would you give from one generation to another about the true, this may come out of left field kind of, but like the true weight of leadership? Because Sometimes we can look at leadership or uh, saying, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. Oh, I want to lead this department. And we look at it in the same way as like, oh, I want to play professional sports or, oh, I want to be in the limelight is really what it boils down to. But what are some of the costs associated with being a leader um, that you could share from your experience? Uh, I, I think uh, I think that's a, that's a very thoughtful question. I appreciate that question, Joey. And I, I think it starts with, you know, the foundation of, of a good leader and a foundation of a good person is, you know, it's hard work and enthusiasm. Right. I mean, Everything starts with, you know, you have to be willing to put in the time and the effort, but you have to be enthusiastic because hard work without enthusiasm is just that hard work gets old. So I think you go in with this, okay, concept of hard work and enthusiasm, and I'm going to try to be the best that I can be. My dad, rest his soul, told me something once. He's, you know, when I first started at UPS, he said, you know, learn the job and learn some more. And then whatever they ask you to do, say yes and thank you. And it's interesting, you know, I think this concept of learn your job, learn some more is so important. It, I think sometimes people stop at that first right answer. Okay, I got the first right answer. Let me move on to the next thing. But sometimes if you push through that first right answer and you challenge yourself, you look a little bit behind that first right answer. And although it is a, it is the right answer, uh, no doubt about it. But when you look past that first right answer, I think you may find something a little deeper, wider, something that's maybe revolutionary, something that may be breakthrough. And that really helps separate you from the rest of the pack. So I think that that's important. So you start with hard work and enthusiasm, and then you you have this concept of I don't stop at the first right answer. I move past that first right answer. I challenge myself to be the best that I can be and challenge myself. Is this truly the best answer I can come up with? And then I would say the last thing I think is so important, whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're a leader in an organization is it's not about you. It's about your customers and your people. And I think all too often you hear people and you hear leaders make the statement, you don't know what it's like to be the person in charge. You don't know what it's like, the pressure I'm under. Well, nobody wants to hear that. You chose this job. You chose to be an entrepreneur. You chose to be that leader, right? Inspire your people. Get them to do things they never thought they could do before. But don't demotivate them by everybody having to hear how difficult your life is and how much pressure you're under. That's not what people want to hear. That's not what they find inspiring. 
hiring. So I, I think you have to take that step back. And remember, it's not about you. It's about your people and it's about your customers. And how do I inspire them? And how do I kind of put that you know, on the side over here, my issues and say, OK, when I walk into work in the morning, you know, people, everything I do speaks and people watch me. They, you know, they feed off of my energy and my enthusiasm. And so if I can find a way to get that positive energy out there, get people to see what we're trying to accomplish, get them excited about what we're trying to do. I always tell people this when I was CEO at Unitech that it stood for chief enthusiasm officer. Mm -hmm. Well, how do you maintain that enthusiasm if you're having a, a rough day or a rough stretch of life? Well, I think the key thing is going, the key thing is to understand that that's part of what you're trying to accomplish. And so you, you try to find, you know, a way to say, well, wait a minute, as I'm walking in, remember, part of what I'm trying to accomplish is to try to be that motivational person, try to be that positive factor. I also think, you know, we talk a lot about mentors. We talk a lot about role models. We talk about a lot about coaches. And I know you do as well. And you understand the value of them. But it's not just in terms of learning your responsibilities. It's not just coaching and mentoring. is isn't just about, you know, uh, learning something new or taking on the next level of responsibility. Sometimes the best things that a mentor coach can do for you is the person that you pick up the phone and you call and you say, hey, you got a few minutes. Uh, there was a gentleman that I, uh, when I was at Unitech, uh, who, a gentleman by the name of Dick Snowden, who was just an amazing person for me, uh, didn't work for the company. He really kind of served in that role of mentor and a coach. And, and I would call Dick up sometimes and say, Dick, I mean, uh, you got a minute? Yeah, what's up, Rock? Hey, I just, I mean, am I missing something here? I mean, I mean, this seems so logical to me, but I look across the table and I, people, I'm just not connecting, you know, and I, or I'm frustrated about this or why isn't this going? And sometimes the best things mentors and coaches do for you, it gives you a chance to bounce an idea or vent a little bit. You get it off your chest. You're like, okay, I'm ready to go. I'm back to being, um, you know, the Energizer buzzy, Bunny or I'm, I'm back to being, you know, back on my game again. Or So I think it's important for you to find that person that you can close the door and have those conversations with. And it's also good to have that person that's not afraid to walk in your office, close the door and say, hey, you know, I, I, I know you think this is what people are hearing and I know this is your intention, but that's not what they're hearing. And that's so important as well. Hey, yeah. Having that outlet, uh, that person that you can trust with your thoughts there. That's that's really key. Rocky, how can folks get in contact with you and what are your final thoughts for our listeners today? So uh, they can get in contact with me on uh, our website is www the number three and the word sixty s i x t y management services dot com. I think I told you last year, Joey. If I had to do over again, I had a shorter uh, web address, but it's uh, <laughs> the number three and the word sixty management services dot com. It's Rocky Romanella. It's my name at uh, at gmail dot com. If people would like to interact or ask a question or talk to me, and then we're on a got a very very robust in, uh, Instagram feed going, which has uh, been fun and enjoyable, and we we put up little management tips each day with a little bit of fun to it and Facebook and Twitter, uh, uh, the book sold on Barnes and Noble, uh, tighten the lug nuts as well as uh, on Amazon. My final thoughts would be that, you know, one of the things that have, has really been a topic that we've been talking a lot about this year, in fact, many of my keynotes, and I've been doing some work at Seton Hall University in uh, South Orange, New Jersey, spoken at a lot of companies about it, is this whole concept of why values matter. You know, how do companies like Wells Fargo, Uber, just to name a few, get themselves in these predicaments? You, know, you think about Wells Fargo now, you watch TV now and you see this whole rebranding they're going through. You know, this is how we started and this is how we're restarting. But how did they get in that position? And so to me, it's about values, right? It's it's so much about this 
who am I, what do I stand for as an individual, and what won't I compromise? And it's the same as a company. You know, Who are we as a company? What do we stand for? But what won't we compromise? And I'm sure if you went through Wells Fargo or Uber in the, in the cafeteria, and you've been there, you've been in large organizations, small organizations, everybody's got you know in the cafeteria postings, their value statement, their mission statement. So those, those things exist. I think that's pretty well defined. Who are we as a company? What do we stand for? The key is what won't we compromise? And I think that has to be well-defined and it's really set from the top. It's a tone that's set from the top and what are the things we won't compromise? So that's been a huge topic that I've been speaking on as well as doing a lot of leadership training on, going into organizations, spending two or three hours with them about this whole concept of why values matters and why is it so important? Because that one, you know, you think about the Wells Fargo example, and I, I only use it because it's now they're doing so much advertising is think about how you know, our company is over 150 years old and yet it's going to take them maybe a generation to move away from this whole situation. It's because comprom- they compromise on their values. And somebody compromised along the way, and I think that's so important. So I think that's probably the thing that, that to leave you with is values, ethics. Values are important with you as an individual and with companies. And so I would suggest that everybody take a moment in the confines of their own heart and conscience and say, okay, well, who am I as an individual? What do I stand for? And what won't I compromise as I move throughout my career? If you've recently started a business, why take away time from what you're good at? Only to focus on difficult, pesky HR problems. Jumpstart HR LLC offers a better solution. Jumpstart HR provides HR outsourcing support to U.S.-based small businesses and startups and was recently ranked among the top 10 HR outsourcing firms in the country, according to businessnewsdaily.com. From recruitment to employee handbooks to legal compliance, Jumpstart HR helps you get peace of mind about the people in your business. Visit jumpstart-hr.com for more information or follow on Twitter at Jumpstart HR. Jumpstart HR, let's build a better business together. Thanks for listening to the Business Life and Coffee Show with Joey Price. We hope you're inspired to become the best version of yourself after listening to our guest. What thought or idea stood out the most to you? Keep the conversation going by tweeting the show at BizLifeCoffee or our host at Joey V. Price HR with the hashtag BLC Moments. And if you like what you just heard, pass along our podcast to at least five people. Detailed show notes can be found at www.businesslifeandcoffee.com. And our full archive is available on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play. This has been a Jumpstart HR production. Join us next time for another edition of the Business Life and Coffee Show.